What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. sweetest most talented most awesome girl ever and you got breaking news this is going when people hear this interview this news will already be out there but just for the record this is the first place that you're telling anyone this breaking news right yes i have i'm, I'm gonna show you a hint are you doing video too i will i'll make a little video of this because it's so okay <gasps> okay so are you pregnant i have a baby Oh my God, Lauren. Say, my name's Aubrey Elena. Oh. I named her after the Grand Ole Opry. Oh. Say, hi, my name's Aubrey. This is my debut. This is my debut. I um, played the Opry on the 19th, which is the day that I got her. And I took her on stage and um, got a picture of her at, in the circle at the Grand Ole Opry. And yeah, so oh, she I made mean, her Opry debut. She doesn't really like the bows. I did that for you. So I'm going to really let her cute. live a better life without it. I'm just impressed that you have her in a bow and clothes. Like that's really, you're crushing the mom game. My childhood, one of my childhood best friends, Savannah, came to meet her and brought her this little outfit and all of those bows. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm a bad mom. I didn't have her any of these things. But I did get her, like, an excessive amount of chew toys, didn't I? She's so calm. She's always like this. Did she just let you – like, she's just hugging you. <laughs> Do you love mom? Did y'all sleep in the bed together? No, I put her in a crate. <gasps> 
What? Well, because I'm afraid she's going to pee on the bed. But I'm only I'm only crate training her until she's potty trained, and then I'll take her out. Okay, then can she sleep in the bed? Because she's going to be sleeping with you in the bed on the bus, probably, right? Well, listen, this dog got me up at 4 o'clock this morning and then spent the rest of the night in the bed with me. But I'm fine. I've never had, I don't have babies, and I've never really raised a dog since I was, like, a kid and my parents helped. So I'm like, I feel like I understand why moms need nannies. I'm like, I need a puppy nanny. I need a person. I can't bathe. I can't wash the dishes or do, I can't do anything because she's right there with me. But I've only had her for three days right now. You should get a little, uh, I wonder if she would go in a, like a baby carrier and you could wear her around like people wear their babies. I wonder if that would work. Is that how people get their chores done with babies? They yeah. Wear? Yeah. You wear them around because you can never put your baby down. And I mean, unless they're sleeping. But, I mean, I wonder if she's so chill. She might like to be in a little baby carrier right next to you. Um, will you send me a link to a baby carrier? Yeah. I'll see if there's a dog one, but I'll send you a baby link, link, link if there's not. People are going to think I'm insane, but I don't care. I am obsessed with her already. You love them the minute you bring them home. Did you have, uh, like, buyer's doggy remorse, though? Because every time – I've gotten a couple puppies, and I love all my dogs. But, like, as soon as I get them and bring them home, I always have, like, this sheer moment of panic. Like, what did I do? Because, like, exactly what you said. They're waking up at 4 in the morning. They're peeing all over the house. They're chewing stuff. They're, like, misbehaving because they don't know how to behave yet. And I always am like, oh, what did I do? I just wrecked my life. But then it's always the best decision ever. Well – I think I'm, but then it kisses me. Oh, I am a dog makeout person too. Like I love a dog that makes out. Do you? Like, do y'all like to make out? I like a, I like a puppy that'll kiss. When she becomes a dog, I feel like I might be like, you don't have puppy breath anymore. You're going to have to, I don't know though, because she's like my child. Like she feels like my, like I, and I never want to bet you down. Well, and you know what you should do? You should just start. It sounds like you already are bringing her with you everywhere so she's so well adjusted to just being everywhere you are in like tons of different locations in the car on the bus and different houses you know because then she'll just be so well adjusted yeah i will i mean i'm not really going very many places right now but i, I mean it's so sad we can't go anywhere <laughs> Well, I will say you're in your closet, which is one of the most beautiful closets I've ever seen. You know what? I, this, I feel like just from this little glance, I can see so much about your personality that I love. Like, you're so colorful. You're such a colorful person. You have so many colors. I'm in black. I mean, I'm wearing black, but I've got some pretty, like, patterned pants on. And I love that you got ready in 20 minutes. I mean, you know how to do this. Like, you are stage ready in 20 minutes. Do you sometimes get ready for stage that fast? Uh, always pretty much because I'm, I'm usually like out when I'm touring, I like to travel like outside of the venue and go see the, um, cities and Molly and I'm always my assistant. We always get sidetracked and then we're getting ready in like 20 minutes and she's helping me blow dry my hair. And, and somehow we always get ready on time. I don't like to be late. So I will go with my hair wet to the meet and greet before I'd be late to it. That's good. What are your, like, tricks you don't have to go into full detail but like what are the like the essentials to get ready super fast and look like you're a supermodel like you do like what are you what do you have to do to like look this good this fast like what are the go-to's 
So right now, what I'll just tell you how I did my makeup. I did like a, I have like this Mac can, well, don't look at my fingernails. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't quite make it to the fingernail part. Um, I did like this Mac concealer and I do it on my, under my eyes, on my eyelids, down my nose, right? Whatever this thing is <laughs> right here. And then I do, I use this, um, this stuff changed my life. I contour my whole face with this body blur Vita Liberata. I don't know. It's like a cream and I put it all over here, here on the double chin deal. And then I did like a cream eyeshadow all over. And then I put like a gold eyeshadow and then just smeared it with my fingers, mascara, a little bit of eyeliner and some blush. And Oh, and then I did a little foundation and I use, what do I use? I don't know. Mary gets it. My makeup artist gets it all, but I just pretty much smeared on my face as fast as I can. Well, it looks amazing. Thanks. Oh, and the eyebrows. I take, that's what I take the longest time on is my eyebrows. I just interviewed, um, the eyebrow guru who does all the Kardashians eyebrows. Her name is Kelly Baker. And she was talking to me about eyebrows because I got my microbladed where they do like the little needles and like you have perfect eyebrows. If you look close though, you can see the tinting because they are tinted with they're like tattooed, you know, when you get the well, micro, micro. Thanks. Do I, you not have to do anything to me? No, I don't do anything to my eyebrows. I am all about least amount of time. So, like, I get eyelash extensions. I have my eyebrows microbladed, and that's how I live most days. And then if I need to, like, go somewhere and actually be seen in public, I'll put on some foundation, blush, eyeliner, and some. Do you have foundation on right now? No. But, I mean, it's over Zoom. If you saw me up close, you would see all the imperfections of my face for sure. No, you have perfect skin. Your forehead is so shiny and pretty. Well, I did get some fresh Botox, which always makes me feel great. I need to get, do I need to do something to my eyebrows? And no. do I have eyelash extensions? Maybe I should get some. Well, I just like eyelash extensions because then you wake up and you feel great every day. You feel like you look good. I mean, like to me, my eyelashes make me feel so good. When I don't have my eyelashes done, I feel like a wet boy dog. I have really long eyelashes, but they're blonde. So if, I don't know if you can see them. Can you see my eyelashes? Yeah. You are just so pretty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, the double chin is. Oh, I have like eight. I can make them all. What is the deal with like weight going there? I don't oh. understand. Like it has to be attached to your face, really? I would rather have like ginormous arms than a double chin. Like I would want, if I could like, yeah, I just don't, I don't like the double chin. <laughs> No. Well, this year has not been great for me. I literally have given up working out pretty much altogether. Every now and then I try to get a wild hair and go to hot yoga because I feel like I need some exercise in my life. But like I pretty much for the past two years have just said, ah, exercise isn't for me. I'm just going to eat like a teenage boy. So basically I eat like cheeseburgers and pizza and mac and cheese all the time, drink lots of beer. And I've, I've put, I've continued, I have a solid 10 pounds that I can't lose. And I wonder why. Well, I am a little bit heavier right now because I went from Dancing with the Stars, which oh, made yeah. me the skinny. I was teeny, teeny, tiny. And then I broke two bones in my foot. 
mm-hmm. and couldn't walk for nine weeks. So I went from like eight hours of dancing every single day to sitting on the couch. So I think my body was like, what are we? What's Opry doing? She, she's in my lap. Did you hear that? A door just shut in my house. Oh, no. She doesn't seem to be bothered by it. So. Do you have a taser or like a baseball bat? <laughs> I got a curling iron that's hot right here. <laughs> Actually, that would be really good. Burn them in the face? Yeah. I think I might be the person, though. I don't know. I'm not like a super violent person, but I think if someone came in here, they would be, they would regret it unless they shot me because I would put up a fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I would be like a crazy person, but especially if they came after after my child. Aubrey. So did you, okay, so I watched some of your season with Dancing with the Stars and you were freaking, only because I don't ever, I can never fully watch any seasons of anything because my life is freaking shit show. But I, I know, but I definitely tuned in because you were on it and you are so beautiful. So amazing. Did you break your foot on the show? No, I actually, um, came home fourth place, right? Yep. Yep. I came home and, uh, I did a tour and then when I came home in March for the quarantine, I was taking the trash out and it had been raining and I had on like rubber slides. And when I came back in, I stepped on the con- like the hardwood and slipped and my foot hit the leg, like the brass leg of my couch and broke two bones in my right foot. And I didn't walk for 10 weeks or something ridiculous. So you just did Dancing on the Stars for weeks on end, on end, on end, did a Dancing on the Stars tour, and then you broke your foot just by a little slip. Yep. Man. Ow. I was on national television doing like competing it for with dancing, which I did crack a few ribs doing that, but that wasn't really from falling or anything. It was just turning my body in weird ways. But, um, and then I came home and broke my foot. So I went from like working out for eight to 10 hours a day to sitting on the couch. So I think, do you want to get down? I'm going to put her down. Okay. <laughs> oh, she does not want to get down. She Never. wants to be with her mama. Um, I went from like, eight to 10 hours of dancing a day just sitting on the couch for eight to 10 weeks. So my body was kind of in shock and I've just started like working out again. Cause it messed up my balance for a while. Breaking my like two middle bones that connect my toes to my foot. So I couldn't bend my foot. That I couldn't go hurt. upstairs. It was horrible. Does it hurt so badly? It's better now, but it hurt for a really long time. And sometimes when it's really cold for some reason, it hurts like it yeah. aches. Yeah. But I oh. snapped the bone in half. Oh, girl. Like, the bone was like this. It was horrible. Oh, what it, okay, so, like, adult pain. You know, like, that's some serious adult pain. What did you do? Did you just lie on the floor and just cry? Honestly, no. pass out? Well, I was carrying something back into the house because it was raining. And um, I, I held on to that for whatever reason because I think if I had put my hands down – I would have caught myself, but I held on to these like lights that were on the patio that I was afraid were, I don't know. I was scared to leave them in the rain. And so I didn't catch myself at all. And I hit my butt pretty hard. And so I was like, I'm going to have a bruise in my butt. I got right up, walked around behind my couch. This is horrible. And my toe like caught on the carpet. And I was like, Oh my God. 
and my toe was like not attached to my foot. Like the bone that connects your toe to your foot was snapped. And I was like, I broke my toe. So I called my manager and I was like, Trisha, she lives like half a mile from me. And I was like, Trisha, I broke my toe. And I was, I still didn't feel it. And she's like, how do you know you broke it? And I was like, cause it doesn't look attached. <laughs> and she was like, FaceTime me, let me see it. Oh. So I FaceTimed her and she goes, Oh, honey, we got to call your doctor in the morning. It was like 11 o'clock at night, of course. Mm -hmm. She's like, you need to splint it. So I crawled myself into the kitchen, cut open a yingling flight box, and splinted my toe with this Yourself? box. And when I picked the toe, yes, when I picked the toe up, that's when it was like, my life is over. <laughs> my life. And then I started crying. I never cried until I realized for sure it was broken because my broken toe broke my heart. I was like, um, we were in a lockdown too. So I knew that I was going to be by myself. Oh, you know, it was horrible. So, what was that like to have to be by yourself or a just in the lockdown in general? And then with a broken foot and so much pain, it was pretty bad. I got like groceries delivered, which I've done anyway, but I had to get a scooter. So Trisha's mom, my manager's mom had a scooter for when she, from when she had knee or some kind of surgery, broke her ankle or something. I can't remember. Anyway, she had a scooter. So I scooted around my house forever. And I'm, I did everything they told me to do. I still can't bend it right. It's still a little weird when I bend it, but yeah. Not what you want in a pandemic to break something that makes you be able to move around. And before that, I was walking like four or five miles a day just outside trying to get my like, it took me about five hours to do it. So don't think I'm some sort of fitness animal, but I would just go for walks, you know, and then I couldn't do that. And I was like, I'm going to actually lose my mind because mm -hmm. I'm like the most extroverted person in the world. So for me to be locked in a house is, it's like a way to torture me. And then I broke my foot. So I was like, I'm just going to eat. So I pretty much ate pizza and ice cream and felt sorry for myself for about eight weeks. And then I was like, we shouldn't have done this to ourselves. <laughs> so um, I've tried to start working out again and eating clean. Like actually the last two days I was like, this is it. I'm not going to, I'm going to eat well. And I did it yesterday and so far today. So we'll see how dinner goes. Okay. Well, Thinking, I'm go. kind of really into soup. Soup? You know what I'm really into? Soup. Soup? Do you make soup? I don't cook. Hell no. I'm just telling you, if you ever want to start cooking, I'm an act actually a pretty good cook, but I feel like if you're not a good cook, soups are the way to go. Cause you just throw it in the pot and let it live its life. <laughs> and then you eat it. And they, they keep really well. So you can keep them in the fridge and you can freeze them and it's cold. And like everybody wants a soup. I'm making a chicken and broccoli soup tonight. Ooh, la la. So I am Betty Crocker now that I live at home. Mm -hmm. How's it been not being on the road? Has that been like a big adjustment? Because I feel like you are just a touring machine. You've toured with so many amazing people. Jason I, twice, I just realized. You yeah, toured with him twice. Actually, every tour I think I've been on, I've been on it twice. See, Almost you're so good. You're so I, good. They, everyone wanted to have toured to with Luke Bryan twice. Have I toured with Luke twice? Yeah, I toured with Luke twice. I toured with Jason twice. 
Luke Bryan. Um, I toured with Blake Shelton twice, Cole Swindell twice. My boys bring me back out, my buddies. Um, yeah, I, so I play like between 120 and 150 shows a year, typically. Sometimes more than that with radio shows. Um, so it has been like weird for me. What have you learned? I've operated that way. Yeah, for 10 years. And I'm not married and I don't have a family. I got this puppy. She's keeping me company now. But before that, I was just like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? What have you discovered about yourself in this pandemic, not touring, being pretty much with just yourself? Like, what, what have you discovered? I think the biggest thing... I discovered is that I didn't have hobbies outside of work Mm. became pretty clear to me about three weeks in Mm. because I was kind of in shock. You know, I think the whole world was in shock for a minute. And then when like the shock wore off and I started settling into the fact that I was indefinitely going to be home, people were asking me, you know, everyone was doing interviews and all this stuff and people are asking me, so what are you doing to like, fill up your time. Well, I kind of like to clean. I know that like, look, I, I, love, color, to clean. I love to clean. I color coordinated this whole closet. Like I'm a, I'm that person, you See, know, you're like the home edit, you home edit yourself. Yeah, I do. I, they, they could hire me. I could work for them. They're better at it than I am. But like, I'm a big believer in baskets and color coordination and just like things yeah. being together. Um, but I realized like I don't have hobbies. So once I, I bought my house that I'm in right now, February 14th of this year. Oh my I, God. And then the shutdown happened the very next month. Yeah. So after, and when I was saying the shock, I was like, well, this will be fine because I was selling my old house and I was going to just like slowly move into this one. But then I was like when I was home, then I was home. So I got it all done and then sorted everything and color coordinated and got everything. So once that was done, I realized, what am I going to do now? That's not like music because I can't tour and I'm still writing obviously, but there's only so much writing you can do mm-hmm. when you're sitting in your house every day. It starts to become like an issue of what you're going to write about. You know, you can only go through the archive so far before yeah. you're like, I don't know any, I have any more thoughts. And so I think I, the biggest thing I realized is I don't have hobbies. So I've been really intentional to try to figure out things that I like outside of work. So I've been hiking. I like to hike. I am a big puzzle person oh really? someone someone literally recommended why don't you do a puzzle and everyone for my birthday this year got me puzzles and I'm like living my best life on the kitchen table just like drinking a glass of wine doing a puzzle I am here for the puzzles so I like puzzles I've been reading a lot I just finished a book that literally made me sob into a puddle do you what? like where the crawdad sings no, Where the crawdads sing. Oh, no. Oh. I've been listening to Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights on audio, which that's been a really good one. But Okay, I need to get that. Sing. Well, and also he talks. So he's like, Green Light. The way he speaks, you know, Matthew McConaughey. He's, he's like, reading the book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I scared Opwee. Oh, Sowie Opwee. Mommy's loud and obnoxious. <laughs> um, so you love to read. That's great. So I like to read, which I did some reading on the road, but I don't think I gave it, like, I don't think I gave anything outside of music enough time, if that makes sense. 
because I'm so work like minded. I'm just really like I love to work. That's I love nice. it. It's not even something where it's like a chore. Like I genuinely love everything about my job. I mean, mm. it wears me out like everybody's jobs do. But like, I love interacting with people. I love being on stage. And I was so fulfilled with that, that I didn't really feel like I needed things outside of it. But now I think I'm going to, after this year, after, when we get back to life, I'm going to implement some of my hobbies more so that I, cause I would occasionally burn out, you know, and I would be yeah. like overwhelmed. And then I didn't know what I like to do. I did not know what I like to do outside of work. Cause I did it so much, but so yeah, I was like, and I love to cook. So from now on, when I come home, one day a week, I will cook. Things like that, I will change. But well, see, I didn't like, have hobbies. I worked. You have too a much. lot of hobbies. You do puzzles. You like to cook. You go hiking. You got a dog. I mean, that's a lot of hobbies. I don't have. I didn't know any of those things. I would never have known that I liked those things though without having to kind of stop for a second and figure out what I do like. I like to drink wine. Does that count as a hobby? Yeah. I mean, I'm really consistent with that. Also, I've never watched TV my whole life. Never been a TV watcher. I am unhealthily obsessed with forensic files. Have you ever watched forensic files? It's oh, like no, old, that's scary. Like an old, old show. I like them because they solve them. They freak oh. me out so bad when they don't solve them. Like, I can't. I watched Unsolved Mysteries, and, like, I was like, this is not good for me. Mm -mm. But Forensic Files is, like, a show from the 90s, I think, or early 2000s. And when DNA, like, research started kicking in, they solved all these murders that had happened, like, the 70s because they didn't have DNA, like, research. <laughs> I'm fascinated with it. <laughs> is it true? Are they true cases, or is it fictional? It's real people. Yeah, you can, like, I've, I've even... When I really feel passionately about the story, I've looked him up past the show. <laughs> How did you even land on that? Like, out of all the things that you could have gone to on Netflix, Hulu, Paramount, I mean, all Apple TV, how, like, there's all these, like, cutting-edge, new, hot shows out there. How did you go to, for, for, how do you say it? <laughs> Forensic Falls. Yeah. Well, um, it's, I, I watched it when I was little with my dad. I remember, well, I didn't watch it. I wasn't really allowed to watch it, but I remember him watching it and I saw it and I called him. I was like, they just released it on Netflix or something. So it was like a new recommendation. And I called my dad and I was like, dad, did you watch that forensic files show? And he was like, yeah, it's the best. So I was like, I'm going to give it a go. And I got sucked in. I'm on like season four of nine and there's like 40 episodes in the season. Oh, but they're only 20 minutes. Perfect. They're only 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. So it's like, for someone who doesn't sit down often, it's a good thing for me to like, all right, for 20 minutes, I'm going to sit here and be still. <laughs> that's a good, that's good. And it, you have endless episodes to watch. So that's great. It's going to last you for a long time. It'll definitely get you through, hopefully, until touring starts again, which I pray Yeah, totally. If it doesn't, I need to stop watching TV so much. <laughs> <sighs> but, okay, so speaking of your dad, you are like, you and your dad are like BFFs, I feel like. Y'all post really funny videos and I feel like your dad is like totally a, a jokester and like he loves to be goofy with you is that like is that did you are you a daddy's girl I feel like you and him are just like the little best of friends we are your mom too well I'm really close with both of my parents my dad's a recovering alcoholic so I was not super close with him as a teenager um, we kind of clashed, but my dad went to rehab when I was 18 and That's really huge. 
Yeah, very huge. And so, and he's been sober ever since. So when he came out of rehab, we just kind of, he sat me down and um, I think like a part of your 12 step program is to make amends. Yeah. So I know it is a part of, part of the 12 step program is to make amends. And so my dad kind of had a list of people that he felt that he needed to talk to. And he wrote me this letter Aww. kind of explaining how sorry he was to me and kind of owning up for some things and really taking ownership of his actions. And he said, I'll never forget this. He said, so what can I do to fix these things? Man, I just have chills and I want to cry. That's a really big deal. I mean, that's and really I said, awesome. you just did. And I, just like him acknowledging it, we just kind of reset and we are like best buds. I mean, we were really, really, really close. So that has to be kind of crazy because you probably didn't really know the true dad, your true dad, because if he was under the influence of alcohol, your childhood, you probably met him like for like the first time as who he truly is. I tell is. people that. I what tell people that, that a lot. Like? And I think it was awesome. You know what? I'm just like him for, for him to have, like we have the exact same personality, but he, um, the interesting thing about my father's alcoholism is like my dad went to work every single day. You know, it's just like a different, he wasn't like a person that stayed on the couch drunk 24 seven, but he had a really bad drinking problem when he came home. Mm. So he still went to work and provided for the family. And then he would kind of go through waves where he would quit, but he didn't really quit, but he would quit. And then he didn't really quit. So it was kind of a, I, I, I mean, I got glimpses of my dad along the way, but that it was really Alcoholism is a horrible disease because it's different for everyone and there are no like rules to it. Like it, it, every, every experience is different. I mean, if you've been in an alcohol or like a, an addict's home, there are things that people who also grew up with an addict like I did that we're just like, yeah, I know exactly what we're talking about, but everyone's experience is a little bit different. So I did feel like I kind of knew my dad. But then my dad would be like different all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. he, um, we suffered quite a bit of loss in my childhood. She's having a nightmare. Oh. Come here. Aww. It's okay. You're such a sweet mama. Why does that make me want to cry? Listen to you comfort your dog. That's so sweet. But he, um, I mean, my love for music came from my dad. So that was something that we always bonded with uh, growing up. He played guitar for me a lot. Um, but yeah, we're, we're best of buds now and I'm so proud of him. And he's, he's such an example to others because we, I mean, my, my grandfather, his dad um, committed suicide when I was seven. And then um, when, when I was 10, my mom's mom suddenly passed away. So we had two pretty like significant, things happen and he was in the army and he had severe PTSD, like night terrors bad. And so I think just kind of all the collection of all of that. And he was a young dad and he lost his dad really young. Just, you know, unfortunately he resorted to alcohol um, to kind of suppress all of that stuff, but he was still the funniest guy in the room and he was always still like great. I mean, he was a great dad. He just, you know, we all have, problems but he's great now man and he's seven seven years sober 
That's awesome. And my my nephews will never know him like that. And that makes me so excited for them. And the nephews, my nephews have been a really good like reset for the whole family because my parents divorced and now they're friends and that's so cool that they're friends. They're it, friends now. And we last year had our first Christmas together again as a family. Oh, and this year we're doing that as well. So Wow. We're all getting COVID tested, and as long as everyone's clear, we're going to have my mom and my dad and my brother and his children and his wife um, wow. all together. I think it's really good for the, the kids, you know? Well, and also, just how amazing that your parents can see the, the love they have for each other. Obviously, not together as a couple anymore, but they created beautiful children. They have all this life together, like to be able to come together as a family. Like that's just so special, Lauren. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm pretty thankful that they got there. You know, I, I know a lot of families don't ever, ever get there. So I'm, I'm proud of them. And I mean, it makes me excited for myself too. Like I always say it's exciting for like my nephews, but like really those are my parents. And I remember after their divorce, the, the hardest times with their divorce were like birthday parties and holidays, because that's like something that very clearly changes after a divorce, but mm -hmm. we got through it and they're friends again. And we all kind of gotten to a place of healing. So that's really good. And when mom asked for the divorces, when dad went to rehab. So I think it was like a wake up call for him. So in a way, I think the divorce kind of gave my dad a whole new life. All of us a whole new life. It's not, I, divorce is horrible and sad and, no one ever wants that to happen, but looking back on it now, I can see how, you know, maybe they weren't right for each other and they got us out of it and we got a whole family from it and now they're friends, so it's all good. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day, but let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. 
you know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education selection and value like diamonds direct your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at diamonds direct won't last long details at diamondsdirect.com that makes me so emotional lauren wow what a just a what a redemptive story too though you know it's like this world and this life is so messy and it's humans just dealing with our own problems and our own pain and then coming together with marriage and children and pressures and stress and trauma and all sorts of stuff it's really hard for people to keep it together sometimes you know like a lot of the times we all suffer and so to be able to have a full circle moment like that that's just that's just the dream that's the hope so that's really awesome yeah i'm, I'm proud of my family i think everybody's kind of done their work on yeah exactly around the situation like we're all doing the best. We're all messy people, you know? Yeah, and who isn't? I don't know, but once I started, like, telling the truth about my life, I felt so much more free, you know? And yes. I, we're all messed up. And people, like, look at people in the public eye and think we're not messed. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, <laughs> we got the family members in the front yard fighting at Thanksgiving, too. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. We do. Why is that? Like, I feel that same way. And it's been so, so, so important to me to share all sides of myself because I feel like for the longest time, I felt like I had to meet this level of perfection. And I thought there were actually people in the world who were living perfectly and that had it all together and the standards that had to be met. And then I think I've just now gotten to know so many incredible people, so many people in the public eye, so many people who've done amazing things with their life. And they still have messes. Everyone has a mess. Like, there is no perfect life. You just have to navigate your own. Like you said, do the work. Do your self-discovery. Heal. Let your, speak your truth. Say what, how, what happened to you as a child, what you lived through, what, the truth about your family, and with respecting your family, obviously. But it's just like, I feel that same way. And you and I both, um, you shared about this, struggled with eating disorders. I was bulimic for... Um, in high school and into college a little bit. And I know you have shared about that. And and it's a, it's a hard thing, but like, as soon as I told people that I struggled with bulimia and eating disorders and I was addicted to diet pills and all sorts of stuff, like, I just felt like I could let go of all this shame. It really is interesting. I never planned to talk about my eating disorder, but I, I, I don't know if I told you this, but I was doing an interview <clears throat> supporting road, less travel, which I, 100% wrote around that topic, right? I was like, people were on Facebook calling me fat, and I was 16, and there were these blogs that would put a pig snout on my face and call me Miss Piggy, and like, oh, oh people could, people were really cruel, but you know what? Those are what people were hurting, and I, I've but let at go. 16, that's hard to process. Yeah, it was not good. It was not good, and um. I struggled with just about every eating disorder you can think of. I mean, the only, I mean, yeah, I, I would go without eating. I was, I had like 
bulimia and anorexia, I think, at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, and then I did like every diet you can imagine. And I like, I did injections into my body when I was still like growing, you know, and it was just like, just not good, not, not good. And, um, I, I was pretty protective of all of that, honestly, never like my father did not know, which we weren't super close then, but I did an interview promoting the album and the, or the song before the album ever came out. And, um, Real Dust Travels, I mean, it pretty much says other people can't tell you, like, they don't define what's beautiful, right? Like, that's the whole thing is, like, do your own thing. Be your own person. I love that song. Nobody, no, thank you. Nobody can define you. And I was doing this, like, Facebook Live. I'll never forget it. And they were like, there are girls on here right now that would just do anything to have your confidence. You're so confident. You've always been so confident. And what's your trick? And I was like... Um, well, I, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't really have a trick. And my manager at the time was just not the right person for me, not the right fit. Lots of things happened that shouldn't have happened financially and like the, just a lot of bad garbage. Well, um, she had encouraged me like not to share about it, about my eating disorder and stuff, which I feel like she was a big catalyst for that lifestyle for me because of like the language she used and how important my weight seemed to be. Yeah. It just I, like the I, image, the perfect image was really important. The package, yeah. making the package look perfect. You gotta be this, you gotta be yes. that. And as a 16, 17 year old girl, I was just trying to do what people were telling me, you know, and I just, and you got catapulted into it. I mean, like you were on American Idol. So I went to CeCe's Pizza. I <laughs> ate pizza for lunch every day, and then people called me fat. And I was like, well, I guess I won't eat the pizza anymore. Right. You know? Yeah. And so then I was bulimic and all this stuff, and I was in this interview, and they said, what's your trick? And I said, well, honestly, I don't have a trick. I've struggled with an eating disorder for like seven years. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, I've really struggled with bulimia really bad. Wow, Lauren. And I don't know what or why or how, like, but when I walked out of that room, I felt like I just told the truth for the first time, you how know, did that feel so good. I felt like all that weight I was trying to lose was just a burden. I was carrying on my shoulders. Yes. It wasn't about my like pant size. I was in like, I was carrying that like quote unquote weight of this like secret. Yes. And the whole way I ever even got found out that I was having problems with an eating disorder was my mom was traveling with me. And I think she started realizing my daughter seems to be not eating or going to the bathroom after she eats. And mm-hmm. just like every time. And I think mothers have like this instinct with their child when they know when they're sick or they know when they're hurting. And so I went, I was started having problems with my voice, which obviously throwing, throwing up. up is good for your vocal cords right because think about when you're sick it it makes you hoarse or mm-hmm. whatever so I was just really hoarse all the time and I went to a vocal cord doctor and my mother had like tipped this guy off this doctor that he she thought I was struggling and she didn't know how to approach me about it so she had him do it and we were sitting in the room and he said have you ever had an eating disorder or anything that you know you 
there any kind of acidity that could be like affecting your vocal cords? And I said, no, no, no. And my mother was sitting in the room and she goes, Lauren. And just the tone of her <laughs> voice, I was like, oh no. And I was, so I took two weeks off and um, went to a beach house just with my mom and kind of reset a little bit. And um, she told me that she wanted me to start looking in the mirror every day and saying three things that I loved about myself. And I'll never forget. Like I couldn't say one thing. Wow. And then finally I was like, I like my eyelashes. And that was the only thing. And I, I think it was such an eye opening moment for me to look in the mirror, like look at myself and not be able to find anything I liked about myself was, uh, there was a moment where I was like, Oh, it, it like humanized me to me. You know what I mean? And, um, I struggled for a couple more years after that, honestly. I think it was about, um, I started experimenting with um, being unhealthy with my food and stuff in sixth or seventh grade. And I think I finally got like better to the point where it didn't consume my entire life when I was about 19 or 20. And then, um, you know, it's still like a thing that I deal with. Yeah. I will always deal with it. Like when I, I have to be really intentional to not overeat because I would. I went through a phase where I would like eat to the point where it would make me sick, mm -hmm. and so like I have to be really, really careful not to get that feeling. Like, and I have a therapist specifically for that. So if I ever feel like I'm not doing well, like before Dancing with the Stars, I had a very, um, uh, I I relapsed a little bit and I was not in a good mindset. So I started seeing her again and just kind of got myself ready to go out there and because the, the whole TV thing because oh man and everyone's just having their opinions and weighing in on everything you're doing how you look what I mean you're getting literally judged every single day while and I'm not Miss America you know I'm not like being <laughs> yeah. judged on what I look like it's because I can sing so everybody yeah. needs to chill about my hips <laughs> I know Lauren I know and I um I feel the same way. Honestly, what really helped me the most, God, everything makes me cry these days. I, when I got pregnant, like I'm 37 years old right now, and I have always, I, since I was about in like probably 15, 14, 15, I started with it, and then I got addicted to prescription diet pills when I was 19, and I was addicted to those for like 10 years, and I felt like I could not live without them, and then, so I kind of like weaned off of bulimia, moved more into prescription diet pills. And then I would like do this binging where I would like binge a ton, but then I would go work out like all day to like work off the calories that I ate. And then I would take, yeah. then I would take diet pills for the next three days and I wouldn't eat and I would work out every day so I could like cancel out what I did. And it was just a living hell. And finally, like I started going to a therapist also about it and that helped a lot. But when I got pregnant, I was like, for the first time, I was like living for another human inside of me. And I was like, I can't be this way. Like, I cannot. <laughs> I mean, it was like the first time I was like, I can't be this way when I'm, I can't care about this when I'm growing a child inside of me. Like, I have to be bigger than this. And it was so hard, but like that gave, for the. it was the first time I truly Anytime I felt like having a, like a relapse or feeling beating myself up about it, like I could always just go to that and be like, okay, 
I'm doing this. I am staying this. I'm staying mentally sound about this. I'm not going to judge myself. I'm not going to beat myself up because I'm there's a life inside of me. And that's really like the the biggest turning point I've ever had because I've struggled with it my whole life too. It's like, and then like now that I'm like 10 pounds heavier, like I find myself because I had gotten to a place where I was feeling kind of good before I got pregnant. I was like doing hot yoga all the time. I was feeling like I had it in check. And I was like, oh, I don't have a problem anymore. I'm good. And then now that I've gained weight again, I find myself obsessing about it and like stressing out. And I see all these like fat rolls and I'm like, I, I, I can see myself. I think I get better, but then you, 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 you let, you get a little bit out of your perfection zone and I can find myself falling back down the hole again. And I'm like, stop it, Caroline. Like this is, nobody cares. Like, well, and the problem with you is people weigh in on you all the time. Like you're having people comment on you all the time. That has to be so hard. But it's just a, it's yeah, but I'm, we just have to learn that like, it's just, it's like those opinions are irrelevant, right? They're not, yeah. they don't define us. And like, I, um, it's really interesting to hear you say that about like having a child, because I think I had the same experience, but reversed. I was the child. That was like the time that like, it really kind of helped me to be like, uh, because it was my mother looking at her child and seeing and like you don't want to disappoint like as much your daughter doesn't want to disappoint you as much as like I didn't want to disappoint my mom even though she's a baby still right how old is she one yeah so but you know she doesn't want to upset you already mm -hmm. so like for you you protect her she protects you and that's like so interesting that it was like the same thing but I was the child in there like my mom was like honey you can't well, and your mom, like, you're, you're, like, exactly what you're saying, like, your mom was probably aching for you, more, like, <laughs> as much as you were struggling, like, when she felt it, like, she was probably struggled just as much, you know, because the, that bond that you have with your mom, parent, a daughter-mom bond, I mean, with your parents in general, but a daughter-mom bond, like, she feels your pain, you know, and you, like, you feel hers, and when you ache, she aches. So, I mean, that's really, that's really awesome that she was there for you, Lauren, like that she could help you see the beauty in yourself because you got thrown into so much, so young. I could be like, I mean, bulimia over a long period of time causes severe health problems, like heart problems and like stomach lining problems, like all of this just gets affected. And I did it consistently every meal probably for four years. So that's, that's a long time, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I hadn't gotten help, I would have like, I mean, you can lose your teeth. I very luckily. Yeah. So I'm thankful. My mom, my mom probably saved my life doing that. So I'm so proud of you, Lauren. You've been through, I mean, you have so many amazing successes. Number one songs. You obviously you've been on Dancing on the Stars. You're a beautiful spirit inside and out. But like with a rocket ship rise to fame, with being in the public eye, with being so young, I mean like no, and I feel like people are learning this more who aren't in the entertainment industry, who are sitting around just like judging people who they think are famous and have all this going in their life. But like, it is, there is such another side of pressure and keeping up and feeling you have to be this image or if you're not that you won't be successful or you'll be dropped or people won't like you. And like, like you said, you may have even a manager who's supporting that lifestyle and it's like the pressure is so much. 
Human beings aren't designed to be famous. No, that's a good point. We're just not, you know, we're not like, like we're not, humans aren't designed to be like elevated from other humans. So it's like, we don't like, I can tell you the difference between, let's say Savannah, my, my childhood best friend who just brought all these sweet little bows and outfits for my pup here. Yes. The only difference between Savannah and me, grew up in the same town, very similar childhoods, all kinds of stuff. The only difference between me and Savannah is that I can sing and she can't. That is the only thing. So I don't have some sort of skill outside of the fact that I can sing that prepares me to be like famous. And nobody does. Right. Like, right. We learn, like, the hardest part about what we do is the fame part. Fame is a blessing and a curse because the more famous you are, the more people you can connect. But also, if you're not careful, it makes you more disconnected. You know, the more famous you get, you connect with more people outwardly, but you connect with people less inwardly. And so, you have, it's like a really scary thing to navigate, especially at a young age, which I'm super thankful now because I was young enough that my mom was able to be like, we got to get her some help to deal with this. And so like I had influences of my, like parental influences helping me to like get my head wrapped around everything. And then my, I had some pretty big, like life changing things happen in the last three years that like, I just threw myself into therapy and I've like Good realized for you. Good that for you. I went to this place called onsite that like yes. changed my life. Um, And I did like a therapy retreat program after I lost my stepdad. And it like really, I went there because I was grieving so much his, like his death. And then once I got there, I realized that like there was all the, uh, these other things too, that I was like aching from that I didn't realize, like if I could handle those things better, I could handle anything better. So, um, but the fame thing is the one thing I've really had to focus on because we are not designed to be famous. We're just not, you know, and it's a lot of pressure. And um, I just want to use my platform for good and like to make people laugh and make people feel happy. And it's really hard when you see people using your platform, like on my social media pages for negativity. And then it's like, what am I doing this for? Because then you feel like you're, you're making the space for that. But like I, I've learned I can just control myself and I've set boundaries around my life. Like I will never talk about my personal relationships again. I mean, like boyfriends, I've had two pretty brutal public breakups and like I have a boyfriend right now and I've never spoken about him. Like no one knows who he is. He's wonderful, but he's mine. And I feel like Dolly Parton's killed that. Yes. No one even knew she was married this whole time. She's married and has a whole life outside of her life. And that's like, she has handled fame the best. We all need to take the page out of Dolly Parton's book. Dolly Parton is like the pro at life. Like, I mean, she is ultimate goals in every way. She always turns it into like a learning lesson. She always can stay happy and positive, put a spin on it. But she has those boundaries, those strong boundaries. I mean, She gives back. She takes care of people. Yeah, she's fantastic. I wish it all be like Dolly Parton. Amen. A 
Man. And she's freaking beautiful. And she embraces some plastic surgery and looking good. She has fun with it the whole time. I mean, who? And her know? wigs. Oh, do you know she's like a tra tractor trailer full of wigs that go everywhere with her? I love it. I love it. It's the best. Me too. Why aren't we all wearing wigs? Let's talk about that. I know, right? I've been, like, honestly, I've been kind of. Like, I have this cowlick right here that there's, like, nothing I can do about. Like, I don't know what to, I literally, it's like, what, what is, what is this? And if I wear a wig, you wouldn't know that. <laughs> I think wigs are the way to go because, like, 2020, I always like to do really extreme things when I'm, like, emotionally and feeling wrecked a little bit. And 2020, like, it's finally hitting me. Like, it's been hitting me this whole time, but, like, I've been having, like, little constant breakdowns lately. And I'm just like, I think I'm just going to dye my hair really dark. I think I'm just going to dye my hair dark. I just need to do something different. <laughs> Be extreme. Well, I did mine blue. Remember when I yes. went blue? How was it? Was it fun? Was it liberating? It was great. And if you want to do a fun color like that, I'll tell you the brand that I used and it comes out in two weeks. Maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe don't dye the whole thing, but just like do a wash. And I think that this brand has like brunette shades too, that you could <gasps> do like, you could do like a two week. I'll look. Oh, that's what, well, then I can try it on to see if it's actually something I want to do it It might look weird in red when it comes out. Cause I think for the brunette, is probably red undertones, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. But it looks insane when it comes out. Like my hair was green for a hot sec. <laughs> That's kind of fun. I mean, go through blue, green. I went through every color. And then when it got like green, I put it back in there. So then I extended the blue and then it took a really long time. But um, they have pastel purple, pastel pink. That's a good idea. Instead of being so dramatic. 2020, I mean, I'm always emotionally dramatic, but 2020 has kind of sent me over my edge a little bit. I will say, if you um, go brown, it's really hard to get back blonde. Did that, too. I know. So you went brown. What would you think? You didn't love it? Well, my eyes looked really blue. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I just, it was after my parents' divorce, so I think I was being a bit rebellious. And it just didn't look like me or mm -hmm. something. Look, my hair is naturally like a sandy, blondish brown color, like a mousy blonde. Mm -hmm. And so my roots were lighter than my hair, which wasn't the best look for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I don't know. But I've kind of landed on this in-between color. I'm a little more blonde than I typically am right now because I was like, why not? It looks so good. Thanks. Lauren, I think you are just such an inspiration. And <sighs> I really, really love that you share your heart and your story and you shared the hard parts of your life, like when you were doing Dancing in the Stars, you did that really emotional tribute to your stepfather after he passed. Like I, you talk about your your eating struggles, you know what you had to go through with fame, and I think, and you're so beautiful and funny on top of it. I just think that you are doing so much good. God, I don't want to cry again. You're doing so much good for young girls, especially to be able to look up to someone like you who is so beautiful and talented and such a star, but you're also so relatable and you talk about life in the real ways and you let people know that like you're in, in on this life too. You're going through it also. And it's like, it doesn't make people feel like they're failures or they're never going to be something great. And I just think that that's so, so, so valuable to be that way, especially in this climate. And this so sweet. <laughs> but it's needed. I mean, it, we like, I just think about all the young girls because I struggle so much as a young girl of insecurity and feeling lost and just wanting somebody out there that I could look up to that made me feel like it was okay that I 
was was so insecure and a hot mess and didn't know anything. I felt lost and didn't know how to navigate life and was struggling. And the fact that you share, that's just such a blessing. Like, it really is. Thank you. I, I like, I think it's important for us to all do that. I have really tried to, I mean, it freed me up, you know, I think it's important to share your truth. Also, it's important to know what to not share. That's which true. I've so yeah, like holding your relationship close, like, like knowing what's for you. Yep. Setting boundaries for yourself and being good to people and having a good time. If I want to be a good person and have a good time at the same time. Well, you are crushing it. And Lauren, I am so thankful for this interview. I always end my interviews with leave your light. So what do you want people to know? About me or just in general? Anything. This is pretty open-ended. Maybe both. Well, I just, I want people to know that we're all in this together, especially this year. I think this year has really taught us that, um, like even, you know, the masks and all the stuff that we're having to do, that's for other people, to protect other people. So I think for me, I've just had this like realization that we just got to do what's right and love others and do, and, and do what we feel is right and trust our gut and love the people that mean a lot to us and, and, and love them more. Like I've loved more this year, 100% loved more fully. So I think this year has been the worst year but there are good things that can come from it and we just have to find a way to focus on those and I have a new album coming out next year so that will be exciting I'm almost done with it and oh and I forgot to even talk we'll about get back your, out of the road I forgot to even talk about your music getting good oh my god Lauren <laughs> that song makes me cry and also Trish Yearwood's on it which is amazing but like that song, that should be the motto for life in general. Because it's like once you realize that you can bloom where you're planted, you don't have to wait for this. You don't have to wait for the money. You don't have to wait for the relationship. You don't have to wait for whatever to have a good life. Like a good life starts now, right where you are. And that is so profound. I mean, I'm an emotional hot mess. I've told hey, you. Hey, that's a good way to end it right there. Life is good right where you are. Water your plants right underneath your feet. Amen. But that song is so good. Getting good is so, what a great message. And honestly, Lauren, you are a bright light to this world. And I hope you know how, well, how beautiful you are on the inside, but you are so beautiful on the outside. And I hope you know that because I know how hard you are on yourself because I have, I suffer from the same problem, but you are so stunningly beautiful from head to toe and then you head have to broken toe head to broken toe and then you have this heart of gold and sense of humor on top of it I just want you to know you are truly 10 out of 10 one in a million and I hope that you see that in yourself because yeah. everyone else does I'm gonna call you every day and let you give me a <laughs> call me every day I just I just think you're great I really do I think you're so you're great friend. did you finish your leave your light or did I inter interrupt you I think I finished. Well, well, hey, no, we kind of tag-teamed on it. <laughs> hey, Opry, tell everybody. Learn to grow where you're planted. That's when life starts getting good. <laughs> I know it's been a rough, rough year, but we're going to get through it together. 
Lauren, you're amazing. Thank you so much for this interview. I love your heart and soul and hope you have the best Christmas and holiday. Oh, by the way, this will be airing in January, but we did this before. This is over Christmas, everyone. So perfect. Um, you're the best, Lauren. Happy oh, holidays. I love you. Love you too. Happy New Year. I can't wait to hear the new music. Yes, I'll send it to you when I get it done. Okay. Yay. Bye. Bye. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.